0: The pride of Limerick.
1: The young man named Sean Sheehan.
0: The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. I see them coming up and they're getting their shot. and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Severe MMA podcast. This is episode 173 of the podcast and joining me today... Not like always, but uh, like like last week, is Niall McGrath from Talking Brawls, dot OffTheBall.com, Niall Hortings.
1: Not bad, yeah. Not bad. My, my town's been invaded by a bunch of um, spud munchers, but, but bar that, yeah. Uh, not bad. Enjoyed the scraps last night. A decent night of fights.
0: How dare you? Yeah, I, I said I better record this podcast before the hurling comes on because <laughs> I'll, I'll be in absolute bits, win or lose <laughs> after it. I'll have absolutely no voice, so uh, thanks for thanks for coming on here. Uh, Early with me anyway, so we're we're, we're going to talk about, um, obviously, last night's big card, which saw Dustin Poirier... Uh, defeat Eddie Alvarez in the second round. We're going to talk about obviously the other fights from that card as well. We're going to talk about next week's UFC 227. We're going to look forward uh, to that. We're going to talk about Bellator the big moves they they made this week, and we're going to talk about Conor McGregor as well. Obviously a big uh, a big week for him with the his trial uh, in well trial court date I suppose you call it ending uh, and his future looking a little bit maybe more certain now uh, than it was, but. Anyway,
1: Niall, how are you? Are,
0: are, is, like, whereabouts do you live? Are you close enough to crop Park that you see, like, all people going around Limerick jerseys and Cork jerseys and all? Are you far enough away?
1: I'm far enough away not to get involved with um, those crowd, but um, I'm in the south of the city, so over the north side... Um the dirty part of the city yeah uh, <laughs> uh, no no if it, you know if i was in work i come back from work it's i'd obviously see it. i'm gonna pop in for a few points think later on this afternoon so um i'm sure i'll see some uh some heads around there yeah
0: that's not like you know popping in for a few points jesus it wouldn't. it's
1: not recently <laughs> I tell you, i've hardly been hardly been out had a couple on friday nothing mad and not, that was probably the first time in a couple of weeks i've been out so mm. been a good boy
0: 20 days off the beer now i am 20 whole days i'm trying i'm trying to get 50 but uh i they or get to the all Ireland final yeah you right I, that. I, I doubt
1: that's
0: <laughs> i doubt that's gonna happen oh,
1: that's over at five o'clock this afternoon <laughs> it, could
0: be, uh, it could be it could be if i see 21 days it'll mean a lot so yeah um that. <laughs> yeah fuck that fuck that indeed all right let's get straight into the mma here i was going to talk about golf again this week but uh, the people didn't really like it last <laughs> week so we get we'll get, we'll get straight into uh we we'll get straight into mma here and i suppose we get into the card last night it's it's still pretty fresh in our minds um and, and the main event dustin pario went in there took out eddie alvarez in pretty pretty dominant fashion uh, we'll talk about the you know the, the 12 to 6 elbows and stuff in a minute but overall what did you think of both guys performances in this one
1: yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting fight, Sean. Um, you know, I'm I'm actually sort of half watching it back here at the moment as we're recording this, the main event, and I'm still a little bit out in Goddard's decision to pull him up. To be really? honest, I think you know a lot of the time we see that it goes. You know, the referee lets it go. It's sort of was it a really legit twelve to six when it landed? Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, Bla- was it? blatant as it comes. Yeah, I thought it was. It was pretty obvious. Like it was a clear, like a clear as day, at twelve to six. Like my, my thing is right. If I say it at the time and see it straight away, I'm like, okay, that's that's hundred <laughs> percent straight away. I, I I even tweeted at the time, twelve to six, straight away. I thought it was pure clear and obvious as, as it comes. He also had the his fingers in the cage, so there was a- I,
1: yeah, I noticed that. That that was fair enough. You know, it sort of sort of leveled itself out, and but maybe it was a little bit picky. You know, a lot of the time, I don't think referees would, would, would pull on that.
0: But is is that a good thing? Like, should you, okay, the referees, if they wouldn't pull it in all the time, should you give out their a referee for pulling it rightly no. once?
1: No, but I think there's just a little bit of inconsistency. Well, yeah, uh, that's true. In relation to certain decisions, you know, we had, the, as you said there, you know, the, 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 the fence grab, it was pretty obvious there was a fence grab. Um, he, he didn't really say anything to Alvarez he sort of just went around to the side to make sure he wasn't doing it I don't think he actually saw Eddie doing it at the time he did it the first time when he got him to the deck so that was a little bit frustrating for me but listen you can't um, you can't question the finish absolutely fantastic stuff from Dustin on the feet I was a little bit surprised again from Eddie Alvarez that he didn't um, well maybe in the first round he did he tried to go I think maybe two takedown attempts but there was no real vigour no real commitment in those takedowns and I think that's again possibly where we saw Eddie Come up short, maybe a little bit uh, tactically inept coming into this fight. I was surprised at some of his tactics, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Know-
0: uh, 100% I, I get to the tactics and stuff of Eddie Alvarez and Mark Henry and stuff in, in a minute but for me like just going back on, on the actual fight there and you said it you know he finished them off very well but I thought the first round was a very different first round this time than the, than the first time around um both guys were much more refined and tried to fight a lot differently well more so Eddie Alvarez and Eddie Alvarez kind of standing back waiting for the counter trying to that, get uh, trying to get the takedowns you know a lot of people and you said it there. A lot of people said Eddie Alvarez should go more for takedowns and stuff. And they said it after McGregor's. Well. I think he does. I just think he isn't the best takedown artist in the world. He's a good takedown artist, but not excellent. And he was going for me, just didn't get him. Pariah is very good takedown of vince. But for me. Eddie Alvarez was trying to come out here and survive the first two rounds and bring it late, and I thought that was the right decision to do that. But the way he did it wasn't great. Standing back, waiting for Dustin Poirier to come on to attack you to counter him is not good. Dustin Poirier hits too hard, he's too clean, he's too tactically good. He went through a war with Gaethje in his last fight. People, you know, we talked about that last week. That stood to him here. I think he was he was well able for that when Eddie Alvarez did come on to him, and I thought it was. Absolutely brilliant stuff by Paria, not so great um, by Eddie Alvarez. But you
1: know, we saw uh, the I finish. Think, I think the you word you use with, with Alvarez performances again last night, and maybe a lot like Joanna. I know we're talk about Joanna and what. I think there was hesitancy, hesitancy in the performance in the first round. You know, he did everything right, but it, but it looked as if he wasn't committing himself one hundred percent to those takedowns. There was two attempts, I believe, maybe there was three, but they were sort of half-ass. There was no real. I think there was maybe. Um, Obviously, you know, a little bit of cat and mouse in the first round, but I think there could have been a little bit more, um, you know, definition in his execution.
0: Yeah, I agree with that in a way, but in another way, I really Like, I, I 100% blame Mark Henry for this. I, I Like, Mark Henry, as you know, a lot of people saw it last night. He, threw the, he, he told Eddie Alvarez to throw the illegal elbow, which, you know, which got him stood up and everything. I think that's pretty clear to see. But for me, Mark Henry is one of the best coaches in the world at fundamentals, at teaching a guy how to fight, but... At game planning and cornering advice, I think he is absolutely terrible. I really do. Like, he, what he said, since Eddie Alvarez out to do last night, to, to counter Dustin Poirier, to sit back and wait for Dustin Poirier to come on to him, one of the hardest hitters in you know in the lightweight division, I think it was absolutely horrendous. Like, what Eddie Alvarez should have been doing? Okay, he should have gone for more takedowns and everything. But he did it early in the second round. Push Poirier up against the fins, you know. Don't go for takedowns. Go to make this fight close. We, we saw it when he got on top of Paria. He was. He wasn't trying to. You know. He wasn't trying to land any big damage. He wasn't really trying to. You know. Go for a submission or. You know. Pass out of the guard. He got into that like the quarter mount position or whatever you want to call it. He pushed him up against the fence and he kept him there, trying to wear him down. That's what he should have been doing for the whole fight. That you know. That's what he should have been doing, especially in the first round. But he didn't do it at all. It's
1: not what he 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 tried to do in the first round and didn't execute it properly. That's that, that's my point maybe that I'm that I'm taking into the second round was more um a display of what Eddie should have been doing i
0: i don't think he did like well, you could see clearly in the second round he tried to go out and clinch you know he was trying for the takedowns in the first round and that you know that's what i mean you know pe- people say eddie alvarez he he doesn't try enough for the takedowns i definitely think he i actually think he maybe tried too much for the takedowns in the first round and he should have been trying to just get close clinch up you know even if if, if that doesn't work you have to do something, like, you can't stand back and wait for Dustin Poirier, you have to make it a war, you know, get into the trenches, and, and try to, you know, make it a war with him, okay, it mightn't have ended well, like, it didn't in the second round, but you have to try, you can't stand back and wait, and, like, he, uh, okay, he changed that up coming into the second round, which was good, but, but the first round, I think the damage was nearly already done, I think Dustin Poirier had grown into that fight, now, Dustin Poirier is a guy who, who, if you let him fight, he is one of the best in the world. He's absolutely excellent. But if you take away that from him, you know, we saw McGregor do it. We've seen loads of other guys do it. If you take away his confidence from him early, if you beat him mentally early, he can be beaten, you know. And I suppose it's the same for everyone. But Dustin Poirier especially is one of those guys, when he's confident, you know, he's an excellent fighter.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, going to Dustin, listen, good, very good performance from Dustin. But, yeah, I, I think there was... Definitely an element to what you're saying there. I'm actually looking at it right now. And, you know, Eddie is definitely not closing the distance enough and getting his face from me here watching the, the last one minute, 50 seconds of the round. But I do I agree with you. You know, I just wonder how far Dustin will be able to go. I think the match next for him is Tony Ferguson. I think, you know, let's be honest, but Conor Khabib, I know there's a long way still to go in negotiations, but that looks... Like, it's the only sort of viable option for him if he, you know, if if he wants to sit out, fair enough. But Tony Ferguson's sitting there. We're going to be waiting for a fight. And I think Sir Ferguson's an absolute nightmare matchup for him. He's not going to give him any space. He's going to push pressure. And that's, as I think, what you said, you know, break his will. And I think Ferguson could be the man to do that. I think, I'm, I think Dustin's the bridesmaid. And I, I'm still yet to be convinced whether he can really get over the line to get towards getting a title shot.
0: Um, I'm not hundred percent sure. I, I, like Tony Ferguson is a good fighter now, but he takes a lot of shots, and Dustin Poirier hits really, really hard. I think people underestimate how hard Dustin Poirier actually hits. If that fight was to happen, also with Tony Ferguson, I know he's back training and everything, but when is he actually going to be fit to fight? You know, when is he going to be ready? I, I'm not hundred percent sure. Like if this Habib McGregor fight happens
1: in October, yeah, and, and, I, yeah. I think it should be good. by then
0: maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't be 100% convinced. But look, if if this McGregor-Habib fight happens in October, what, two months away, I think that's fine for Poirier to sit out and wait for the winner of that. Now, if the winner of that is McGregor, he's probably not getting that fight. Let's be realistic. But yeah. is it worth taking that chance to sit out an extra two months? That Tony Ferguson fight is probably there anyway. You know, there's plenty of fights there in oh. that lightweight division for him. I think it's probably it's probably wise for him to, to sit out and wait for that. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that Tony Ferguson fight. I think it'd be good matchmaking. But if I'm Poirier i i think he's in prime position now i think tony ferguson you know obviously that injury hurt him and everything and fallen out of the habib fight so many times you know and is mcgregor gonna take that fight when tony ferguson you know is a bit injury prone you know pulls out of, out of a lot of fights i don't know it's hard to see he's not really a draw you know i think there's there's bigger fights there for mcgregor in in, in the future and you know Uh, I'm not 100% sure if that actually happens but it's exciting times really isn't it
1: I just hope Eddie Alvarez sticks around you know he's obviously out of contract now Uh, and I think there's still lots of matchups there for Eddie Alvarez he obviously had Alex Hernandez as well last night with a really well sort of versed performance against a very tough Aubin Mercier and I think he's obviously a guy we need to watch out for in the future the division's just stacked at the moment There's, there's, there's too many matches and I think you know, I'd really like to see Eddie stay around. You know, even even Eddie Tony Ferguson would be a great fight mm-hmm. uh, for the fans. There's there's some cracking matchups there. So fingers crossed, Eddie stays around. Anyway. Um, but yeah, really exciting times. Best division, hands down, mixed martial arts.
0: Yeah, 100%, yeah, look, Eddie Alvarez is definitely needed in that in that division. He's you know he's still one of yeah. the best in the world, 100%. And you know, I, I think uh, Poirier is kind of just a bad matchup for him. I think guys who hit hard are usually bad matchups uh, for for Eddie Alvarez. And we saw that against McGregor and a few other guys. So there. You go. Uh, a couple of more things just to clear up. You know, we, we touched on the 12 to six elbows and stuff. There was also an illegal strike by Dustin Poirier when Eddie Alvarez was almost finished. Someone tweeted me about, it, and I went back and looked. at it, and There was a knee with like one minute four seconds left Uh, it was kind of borderline cup and hip kind of area so you know if you want to pull pull up all the all the fouls, and i suppose it's good to talk about that as well but this 12 to 6 elbow rule like okay i I think we need to discuss that a little bit like mark goddard was was called out by Cameron Ousman after it and a few different people so this is not mark goddard's fault the, you know, Mark Goddard is not there right. to decide the rules. He's there to implement the rules. The twelve to six elbow rule is there, and it's not. You hit to the head. It's not a down opponent well. It is a down opponent, I suppose. But it's not obvious. If you throw twelve to six elbow, no matter where you are, it's it's a foul. You know, and he's right. If a person on top commits a foul, you're right to take away that uh, that position. If it was uh, you know on the bottom and the bottom fighter had committed a foul, the position would not have been taken away. You know, it's let's say Dustin Poirier threw an up kick from the bottom, or whatever, or you know, some sort of illegal foul from the bottom. Eddie Alvarez would have been put back on top because it, he didn't commit the foul. So that advantageous position is taken away from you when you commit the foul. So like, I, I but, don't know. Do people understand? I think, I think the gripe is the inconsistency.
1: We, yeah. we got back to that. You know, we saw the fence grab earlier. As you said, there was an illegal shot there.
0: But a fence, uh, a fence grab it, is not an illegal shot. That's why you, you won't stand him up. Or but yeah, I'm,
1: I'm talking in, in relation to the rules. Maybe he should have pulled Eddie up because it looked like he did it twice there. It's literally just coming on the screen now as I watched it. And, and he sort of just walked around and said, no, don't do it, don't do it.
0: He was in a guillotine, though. So, why, yeah. like, that that would be taken away if good position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's that's a good point. Right, but... Um, I think it's just a gripe is the inconsistency. Um, You know, some rules with some referees, they're let slide a little bit more than others. Like we, we go back to DC and stuff with, you know, the eye poke with the hands out. Why isn't that, you know, pulled up a lot often more in fights, you know, with, with guys outstretched fingers. It's never pulled up. Like, the, you, you let guys away the whole time. And I think that's the gripe within, in terms of Kamara Usman and the fighters. Uh, obviously, we go back to Gunny Nelson fight as well. Ponsanibio, what uh, <laughs> a fucking terrible You know, you got it right that time. That was actually close. Enough,
0: um, so I'll take
1: it. Just the outstretched fingers the whole time. You know, mm. things like that. You know, you said it there. You know, the groin shot was it was it not? There's no level of inconsistency. I don't think. Um, obviously, he's there to implement the reels, but you know. If you're going to call it for one thing, you got to call it for everything. It, I agree with that. I, I 100% agree. Where the fighters are, are looking at that. Mm-hmm. I agree,
0: but I'll never give out to a referee for getting the right decision. <laughs> you know, i give out to the, the 99% of other decisions that are gotten wrong or whatever, but the 1% of right decisions, I can't cry with that. You know, I, I want more consistency, but I want them to be consistent like Mark Goddard was last night. I want him to do the right things. And, you know, I'm not saying Mark Goddard is a saint or anything. There was a few stand ups in that uh, Alex Hernandez fight that you talked about there that weren't, you know, were not great. Uh, one of them was okay the other one didn't look great at all but uh, you know those are ones you can argue about this was a, a, a clear 12 to 6 elbow while grabbing the fence i thought he was right to stand it up and you know after that as well i, I think people sometimes get carried away when things like this happen you know okay if, if you want to argue, we shouldn't have stood him up. Whatever, fair enough. But they did get stood up. And then what happened after that? <laughs> after that, you don't forget that. Like D- Dustin Poirier went in there, landed knee up through the middle, kind of stunned Eddie Alvarez, then hit him with a beautiful left hand straight down the middle, hurt him badly, and went down and finished him. You know, in devastating fashion. You know, you you talk about Eddie Alvarez a lot. You had him on the podcast last week. This guy's a warrior. You know, this guy is is hard to stop. And when guys like McGregor and Poirier go out there and stop him, and you know, destroy him the way they kind of did that's no mean feat you know and i think you have uh, give credit to dustin poirier he deserves it after doing that to elvarez
1: massively 100 percent give give all the credit in the world to dustin poirier mm-hmm. um even though you know you know uh, i think it was obviously a little bit of a mistake from eddie but eddie was in, the, in a good position but yeah listen the guy's gonna kick on he, he's gonna try and uh get over that line and get that world title shot and you know props to him props to him i just as I said, I hope the UFC keep Addy your because there's plenty of fights.
0: Yeah, 100%. All right, let's move on. And I suppose another uh, – Conor McGregor was kind of inextricably linked – Jesus, I got that word out well there – to, to this card. Um, Josie Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens was the co-main event. And this was another kind of interesting – tactical fight that only lasted uh, you know almost uh well it lasted uh, about half of the length of the other fight but it, it
1: started tactical and then everything sort of went out the window for about a minute it did yeah and then jose came back to his tactics got his head clear landed that beautiful body shot and that was being in the end you could just see the delay it was like the brock lesnar um uh, body kick when, when Alistair him landed on him he sort of just hesitated and you could just you know I nearly wanted to go for a crap when I when, when, when I saw that shot and he just sort of winced but listen Aldo finished it off beautifully as well very um very cerebral in his finish didn't panic showed his experience finished off Stevens and to be honest at one point I thought Jose was, was seriously seriously hurt after two minutes and, and he, he did recover exceptionally well um in order to to land that body shot, because it was it was just going back and forth for about a minute, and then as I said, the tactical awareness of, of Jose Aldo got him over the line. But listen, um, great to see him back. I I was happy for him. I like I like Jose. I have to say, but you know what? It, it's it's just frustrating. Not frustrating. Obviously, we need to find out what happens with Max, and and hopefully, you know, he his health is obviously the number one priority. But where is it for Jose now? You don't really know. There's, there's not. Anything really going to keep him there if we don't learn anything about Max Holloway's um, physical and obviously health in the next number of uh, months? What's he going to do? I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Jose go to 55.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I I, I don't know. Like if I think you give Max Holloway time, you know, head injuries are no joke. I know Dana White said he's back and he's he's doing okay, And he's Dana White said he's a little bit scared to see him spar a bit. Give him all the time in the
1: world. Give him all the time in the world you know does Jose want to stay active
0: I think he probably does does, does Jose, Jose Alda versus um, Brian Ortega make sense does it
1: I, I think it might I hey, like interim belts yeah but does yeah. it doesn't make sense for Brian Ortega <sighs>
0: Do, like Will Brian, Ortega, let's say Max Holloway when, is out for six months. Then does it make sense for Brian Ortega? Like, does Brian Ortega not want to be fighting? You know, okay, he didn't want to fight for an interim title on short notice, which I can hundred percent, hundred percent understand. But well, like I think if Max Holloway was out, let's say for six months or whatever, recovering, I think this is an you know, a legitimate interim title. If someone is out with a concussion with head injuries... I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think it's legitimate to make it here. I think Jose Aldo is the second best featherweight in the world by far. You know, we, we look at Frank Edgar and we look at Ortega. Ar- like, Ortega has not proved yet to me that he's the second best uh, featherweight in the world. You know, to, to do that... I think he has to beat Jose Aldo, and look, if Jose Aldo beats him, then you're left with, okay, Aldo versus Holloway 3, and we saw Holloway destroy him twice already, and I suppose that's a bridge, you know, you cross when you come to it, but I think if they are making an interim title fight, I think that one kind of makes
1: sense. It does, I hate the interim titles, I don't think there's any need for them, like, you just call him a number one contender, but anyway, yeah, I think if, you know, Max is going to take... Uh, a prolonged period of time out it is the one to make um, if we are, and, and if Jose is going to stick around and go down that route because I don't think there's many other fights outside of that for Jose Aldo in the featherweight division you know, you think of anyone else, can you can you think of anyone else off the hand that hasn't fought and beaten that's that's relevant No, but I was thinking Mindes
0: 3 might make a bit of sense now you know, Mindes has been away for two years Come on, nah, does that, it? The second fight was so good, do it was excellent. Wanna, do people want to see it again, do they really? P- probably not, but who else, you know, he's not fighting Frank Edgar. That's what I mean. Why not test the borders at 55? He's nothing to lose. Yeah, that's true. I've said that for a long time. He should fight at 55, but... There you go. Eddie Alvarez,
1: Jose Aldo. Who Mm. wouldn't want to see that? Anthony Pettis, Jose Aldo. How about that? There we go. Any of them. I'd watch Jose, you know, anyone in the top 15 in the UFC lightweight division. Some fantastic matches there to make. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And imagine Jose Aldo on at 55, you wouldn't have to worry about the
0: weight. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll make a lot of sense, to be honest. And, you know, hopefully that, uh, that does happen. But t- talking, let's talk a little bit about this fight and wh- how, what actually went down. You know, you mentioned there it ta- started kind of tactically and, and then it, it went kind of mad. Like... F- At the start of this fight, I thought this was going to be like Frankie Edgar 2, because Jose Aldo kind of started that way. He just decided not to get hit early. And then, as you mentioned there, uh, Stevens hit him with that one big shot and hit him with a second big uppercut as well. He looked a little bit hurt. But I think people, you know, in my head, kind of that Roy Jones Jr. You almost have forgot song was playing, because people forget Jose Aldo was one of the most devastating fucking warmongers in the world before like people this is not okay if you look at the mcgregor fights and the holloway fights and that's all you see you could say oh jose aldo gets into war and he gets destroyed no jose aldo is a guy who goes to war he takes you to war and he destroys you there and just because he got beat by a couple of really 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 good guys doesn't mean he's not really really good at him himself yeah, yeah, and, i agree it yeah. makes martial arts fans
1: forget things very 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 quickly and i think two guys in jose aldo and jeremy stevens who were you know Let's be honest, Jose is obviously a legend, but he's still going to be tarnished with, with that 13-second loss for the rest of his his career. You know, that's what he, he'll be remembered for in many people's eyes. Jeremy Stevens the same in relation to who the fuck is that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? It, it's sad in a way. Yeah. Understand. But there's so much more Jose Aldo has to offer, I think. But uh, as I said, I'm not sure if it's in the featherweight division. Yeah. Like,
0: to me, I, I, and I'll get to it in a second, but just last bit on this fight, like, when Aldo uh, like for me watching this fight and talking about it I, I think we discussed it last week in, in other places like for Jeremy Stevens to win this fight Jeremy Stevens had to do what he did last night <laughs> you know and he got he still got beat so this is one of those fights where you say you know Jer- Jeremy Stevens probably f- did exactly what he needed to do, and Aldo kind of didn't, uh, yet Aldo still won, you know, that's yeah. how good Aldo is, and you know, when, when I say that, I mean, Jeremy Stevens had to go forward, he had to get into that war with Aldo, he had to try to make it a battle of who can land hardest first, <laughs> and he did that, but it was Jose Aldo who did it, you know, that, that, and it's funny as well, you know, you mentioned that 13 second McGregor knockout there, and something he'll never get away with, the knockout last night was basically uh, uh, the exact same combination that he that he threw when mcgregor knocked him out Now, he didn't throw the left to the, the head he threw it to the body instead but he came in with that right and threw the big wing and left to the body instead of the head like mcgregor and i thought that was kind of that was kind of cool to see because you know you I, I've absolutely hated the treatment Jose Aldo has gotten over the last few years. And, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, with a lot of new fans and stuff, as I mentioned, you know, all they've seen is the McGregor and Holloway fights, yeah. and they're writing him off. And there was a big fucking billboard up in Dublin about, uh, you know, from mattresses with was Jose Aldo sleeping. Absolutely fucking disgusting shit. I hated it. You know, Jose Aldo is a legend of this sport. We, we were talking about the greatest pound-for-pound fighters a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Jose Aldo is one, a top top five top six 100 you know this guy is an absolute legend destroyed some of the best fighters in the world you know oh, we've
1: win- in 10 years yeah, uh, yeah i totally agree doesn't you know it's uh, terrible the way some mm-hmm. fighters as you said are tainted with this brush but it's just a sad reality of the mcgregor fan yeah.
0: if we're honest about yeah, it, it.
1: that's that's what's the, they, they've tainted them with,
0: mm-hmm. and I suppose it's it's not really the McGregor fans, so much more the modern fan. I think, like I, I was just thinking about it there recently. like when, Back, when
1: a large portion of McGregor fans. Oh
0: well, a hundred percent, because the most of the modern modern fans are McGregor fans. But let's yeah. say b- before that, you know, we used to always hear about like the the tough noobs, which we probably were, and you know the the Brock fans and stuff, which were the noobs at the time. Now the McGregor fans are the noobs, <laughs> you know. But uh, like when when like when we started watching MMA, you know, there was probably. 100 or 150 events to go back and watch and to learn and to you know to learn the history it wasn't that much you know you could do it now there's fucking 150 events a year and <laughs> you, you can't even keep up with it never mind going back so
1: we're on we're on what usc 227 and there's probably about 600 fucking fight nights and, yeah. and fight with the troops and all this stuff <laughs> back in the day there's this there's, there's too much now to go back on but if you look at the legacy he's going to leave behind from from guys like you and i from media members uh from from hardcore fans alike he's gonna, in our eyes, you know, we're gonna be talking about Jose Aldo, you know, he crossed over from WEC, came in, you know, and beaten in 10 years, went in that fantastic run. Like take this for an example. Last night was his first three round fight since WEC. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Like that's absolutely insane stat to put out there. His first non-title fight in donkey's years. Mm -hmm. Guy's a legend. Bottom line. end a
0: hundred percent. Yeah. And like (laughs) <laughs> his losses even t- taking hot away from his losses <laughs> the lost to two unbelievably good guys never literally never in his well apart from did he lose, lost one like when he was 1-0 or something but a, in his whole elite career never lost to anyone but an elite elite fighter you know and you can't say that for a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of the good guys and he still looks like the, the mark of Jose Aldo for me is the way he came back in that second Frankie Edgar fight and destroyed him after getting knocked out by McGregor and he came back in this fight and you know knocked out uh, Jeremy Stevens in one round after those two just devastating losses to max holloway like that is the mark of the man an absolute legend of warrior you know and i I can't say enough good things about about uh josie but let's let's get to the the rest of this card here um, before we get to the Jacek and Torres not much stood out from the undercard it was, it was a pretty good undercard, I went back and watched a little bit of them today, uh, Islam Akachev got Cajun Johnson in a, in a submission uh, Ian Kutilaba got a good knockout as well uh, John McTessing, Ross Pearson, Barney was a great fight. I haven't had a chance to, to look yeah, at that one yet you
1: know, the, the, as I said I got rid of my fight pass so yeah. um, haven't seen that but I heard it was an absolute cracker I heard Caitlin Chikagin was very good against Alexis Davis as well mm-hmm. Um, Makachev, uh, obviously, uh, Kudalaba as well. Um, Coming out to uh, Bret Hart's music and the hit Glass is pretty pretty cool moment. Very good performance um, in that round. I'm not sure about the call-out of Daniel Cormier. A bit silly in my eyes. Mm. Uh, And I think the other call-out is on Makachev as well. was a little bit silly as well, calling out Tony Ferguson. It just annoys me when these guys get on the mic. I know they're planting a seed for later down the line, but, you know, here and now, Make a call out that's someone that you're you're actually going to get matched up about, and people are going to invest in that at the current time. Take it yeah. one fight by fight. I think otherwise you're pacing against the win. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Makachev looked absolutely phenomenal. It was probably one of the performances of the night for me. Um, you know, really just cerebral cerebral in his approach. Took uh, Johnson to the ground, crawled up on him. Um, you know, uh, he was in full guard. Uh, Johnson Admin in full guard at one point, climbed up on him look for that armbar, bar, pull them out. And it was just, it was just the way, the manner in which he did it. He was like a boa constrictor snake. And it was just a fantastic performance. I think there's obviously a guy to watch out for. And I'd love to see a match actually here. Alex Hernandez um, and Isla Makchav. Not at the moment. I think it, a yeah. more fights down the line. Let both guys breathe. They're both young lads. But that's definitely, these two guys are, are definitely, I think, the future of, of uh, this lightweight division. Two unbelievably high-level guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Hakim uh, D- Dawadu. Um, obviously, I think he was at S.B.G. for his last fight, if I'm not mistaken. Am I yeah. correct?
0: Is yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, but I think he's he's gone back from today. He's, back. Yeah, he's back yeah. in Canada.
1: Really good performance against Austin Arnett. His striking was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Some beautiful leg kicks. Really good combinations thrown. And Arnett's no, uh, you know, no mug. Very, very impressive fighter as well. Uh, looked really good in Dana White contender series when he got his um his UFC contract. And obviously Jordan Maine. Against Alex uh, Morono as well, um, decent performance from Jordan, obviously in his home country as well. So yeah, listen, it was it was a decent, very decent fight card, mm-hmm. and um, you know I think the two. To watch for there, obviously using Makachev and Kudalaba looked uh, really good as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And let's let's touch on Jajcic just before uh, before we move on. Look, like, for me, this this was a, a fight between 125 pounder or 105 pounder, which happens so yeah. often in the UFC. Like Torres did what she needed to do early. Like I think the way to beat Joanna Jajcic in three round fights is to push her up against the fence for the first two rounds and then try to survive the third. Torres tried to do that. Just too small, and not strong enough to do it. And I sh- Torres is usually strong in that division, but against Ian Jacek who's so big and used to fighting, you know, strong people like Claudia Gadelia twice, uh, it just she couldn't do it joanna had eat her up with knees and little elbows and, and punches in the clinch. She was winning that clinch battle. So you know, if Torres hadn't have taken those those, those little knees and shots on the inside, she probably would have won that round. But she did take those knees and a hundred percent didn't win that round. And then from there on out, Torres realized that she wasn't going to win the fight in that position, and and just started striking with her and it was you know basically lost it from there. Not the best performance in the world from either girl, but. You know, it's good for Ioana to get
1: back on track. I, yeah, it was. I've been disappointed with Ioana. I think there's a lot of doubts in her mind. And I think if you listen back or watch back the fight and you look at especially the corner between rounds, she, you know, she, she was very hesitant. Oh, did I win? What did I do enough to to, to do in that round? There's not the killer instinct. I think she's, she's maybe lost a bit of the relentlessness she had. And I think we go back and we talked about maybe ATT. Maybe it's not working as well as she might have hoped down there. And maybe it's time for a little bit of change of scenery for Joanna. I was just a little bit concerned about her mindset. I don't know if you noticed during the round, Sean. Yeah. What she was saying to the corner. It was like she was maybe doubting herself a little bit. Very, very different to Joanna than we've seen before, I think. And I just think there's a hesitancy there again with Joanna. Maybe she's not fully committing. Like, you know, that fight last night, I think she could have maybe done a little bit more. I yeah. think it was very maybe a little bit calculated not as free as maybe she would like to be you know going out there and doing in the octagon and, and it's a worry for me it really is it's like, like Marcia casey when we talked about it last week you know is it too tactical almost i don't know
0: yeah i'm not 100 sure i think it's harder maybe you know Casey can knock people out getting big knockouts. i think it's harder for you and Ian jacek to do it i don't think she's the biggest power puncher in the world now we, we've seen her do it but you know, I, I think most of her best performances have been kind of decision wins and I think Torres is a tough one to get out of there as well. I wouldn't take that much away from him. I think it's, this is kind of... Uh, I,
1: I, I'm not about to finish, I'm talking about the commitment into what she was doing. Yeah, maybe
0: a little bit, maybe a
1: little bit. Yeah. I'd actually be interested if you listen back to the rounds at some point. mm mm-hmm. And it's just very interesting what she's saying there. It's like she's almost doubting herself.
0: Yeah, and you know, it's, like it's an interesting thing to look. Look forward to you know going forward as well and see who she's you know she's going to yeah. get next. She calls out Rose Namunas. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: I, you know, like Jose Aldo, I think you know she's not getting Rose for a while. I think Rose is is maybe going to go ahead and dominate that division for for quite a bit. I think Joanna has to go up to uh, to 125. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of matches there. We obviously have the Valentina Shevchenko fight you know this jessica is knocking around there now there's some really good names in there i think that make really good fights in that division that you know who wouldn't want to see her and valentina throw down again
0: yeah hundred all right let's move on here and before we get to, to next week's uh ufc card, let's touch on bellator and they have signed 22 european fighters are over running over over on espn um uh, announced. Let me let me read out a few of the names here. With Dylan Logan, uh, Nathan Rose, Terry Brazier, Pedro Cavallo, um, uh, Luca Jelic, uh, Miles Price, uh, Richie oh. Smullen, Paul, uh, Paul Redmond, Tim Wild, Richard Kiley, Walter Gahadza, uh, John Redmond, and a few more. Now, what what are your what are your thoughts on this Bellator's expansion into Ireland and the UK?
1: TV deal end of live.
0: Yeah, Gary Davis reported that. The, the, they're making like a six fight series in the UK and Ireland and they're going to be televised locally which sounds like they're not going to be televised anywhere else and I've talked to <laughs> a few people and stuff and and a lot, when I say not, I mean the other events like the Bellator events in America are not going to be televised here so what's really changing now? We're, we're basically getting Bama cards <laughs> called Bellator and they're going to be on TV here where are they going to be? I don't know, but look, I, I suppose we wait for the details to, to get out before we, we discuss the TV deal. And we've you know we've both shit on about this for long enough. But what, like,
1: well, I've yeah. I've reached out to Bellator and I've Bellator. had a little bit of response. And I think the line they're sort of taken is you know with signing so many guys from Europe that it's going to coax someone into offering them a TV deal. Yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, that's what I heard as That's arc. the word I've got back. <laughs> you know, is it a smart move? I'm not so sure. I think maybe they should have you know, not pull the trigger as, as soon as they have. I think really there's something going on there. And I just can't really understand it. Like you own by Viacom that they can't cut a TV deal with someone here. You know, Viacom's the, one of the biggest um, holding companies of, of t- television stations in the world. And it's just it's just sort of baffling, like, because, you know, I can understand from their point of view to to try and try this route. But if they're that desperate to get a TV deal, surely they would have worked one out by now. And not taking the risk to sign all the fighters. So, um, listen, I, I just think they, it, it, as we said for so long, and we're going to say it again because it's a relevant point: pacing against the wind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to go all over your trousers, and <laughs> <It is true. laughs> that's effectively what they're doing. You, yeah. You're having shows here. It's not on live TV. Fair enough. We got to the point, as we said last week, that you know people would actually settle for a stream now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. ideal, but like you're not going to get the mainstream coverage you're not going to get coverage in newspapers if it's not on a live television station mm-hmm. I, I, you, like it's the same so i don't really yeah. I, i'm not sure whether they're just burning money turning turn into the toilet but they must have something lined up they, they have to in my eyes they have to have something lined up maybe they haven't got it over the line yet maybe it's close to getting over the line but they 100 have to have something if they're signing 23 24 fighters um you know for this market something has to be has to be near has to
0: be this is weird because like even if they have the the six fight deal televised like does that mean that these Irish and UK fighters are just going to become like a tributary of Bellator like are they actually going to fight the the Bellator fighters and then okay if they're not and if they do fight the Bellator fighters we've never even seen the Bellator fighters because they're not on TV here and we can't see them so how are people supposed to get excited for those matchups like it's just it feels very weird
1: Bellator you know and I like the guys at Bellator the PR guys guys, all really accommodating Mm -hmm. but you know, they they offer fighters, um, you know, obviously the interview and things like that, but but half the time it's it's not really, you know, I'm not saying worth our while, but our when when our audience can't watch it mm-hmm. and we can't watch it, it's a struggle for us to watch it. What's the real point?
0: Yeah, like, I went back even today. We were talking about these fights today. I went back and watched those fights today. You went back and watched those fights today. Like, we, even if we do find a stream to watch the Bellator fights, we can't go back and watch them because there's nowhere to fucking watch them. Like, you know, I, I can't do the analysis I want to do on these fights that we do every week on this podcast because we can't go back and watch them.
1: Uh, I view FC, you know, on here, uh, uh, as you said, looking back on it while we're actually recording the show. That would be amazing if we get that with Bellator on a regular basis, on a network. Maybe this 11 sports, you know, uh, <laughs> company that's rumoured to be coming in, maybe th- this talks with them. I really don't know. That's as, th- this information that we got is, is as fresh as yesterday nearly mm-hmm. uh, from Bellator in relation um, to a potential broadcast deal. Um, you know, it is. It's it, With the influx of Irish talent and, and um, obviously UK talent, that it's going to make someone like, put a deal. Yeah. And, and I think... I think they must be close to something does Sean yeah, I do well, they have, because, to, be. They have because, to be why would you go sign in 23, 24 fighters if people can't watch them fight yeah
0: 100% L- let's talk about for the actual fighters what do you think do you think this is like an upgrade from Bama and Cage Warriors or is this just kind of going sideways
1: <sighs> a little bit of both to be honest you. Yeah, yeah. I think if we look at Bama as I said I think last week I'm not so sure how long Bama are going to be around yeah.
0: they have four cards
1: things you know everything's for Ireland. done on the cheap in many regards. Um yeah, four cards booked. Who's I can't. gonna see.
0: be on those cards. Yeah, like everyone has been signed I mean, with But
1: with all these guys, maybe maybe uh, you know, Bellator you know, taking over Bama. I don't know. It's just I can't see Bama being in this for the long run. Um, especially after that announcement of all those fighters being signed today. day. Because a lot of those guys have fallen under the Bama banner. And like it's it's taken half their roster, nearly.
0: Yeah, the weirdest thing as well was Bama announced
1: they're really strong fighters.
0: Yeah, Bama announced those those uh, fight cards a while back, and they announced uh, as well a few Irish guys that signed. One of them, Miles Price, and now Miles Price has been announced to sign for Bellator like two weeks after he signed for Bama. Like how how did that happen? I don't know. It's very it's I very wouldn't weird.
1: Be if if Bama is taken over by Bellator, and yeah. there are the four Bellator dates we will have next year, I, I generally wouldn't be like if you look look at those fighters, Sean. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all Bama's top fighters.
0: Yeah. All of them, yeah. So that's, all,
1: that's, all of them, like they've Reese mckee obviously left in there. I don't think Reese is too keen, as he said to us before, that uh, going to Bellator. I can totally understand that because a lot of the time, at the moment, um you know, if you if you sign for Bellator, it's still very much that way. The UFC just become instantly uninterested. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the guys they've they've signed there have you know sort of the bigger names, Norman park Reds, are they've all had their stint in the UFC, and I think. They maybe come to the realization that they're not going to get back to the UFC, and this is the the, the next best step.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one because like you could be like James Gallagher. Like James Gallagher has gotten three or four, you know, relatively handy fights, and what what he needs, you know, guys that young, you know, with that not that much experience, need those fights to in. Like if Kiefer Crosby did the same, or you know, whoever you want to say, like and they get to the end of their four or five five contracts or whatever with Bellator, I think then maybe the UFC will be picking up. Imagine if they had won, you know, let's say Kiefer Crosby's 8-0 and James Gallagher's like 10-0 or something, and, you know, they get to the end of their contract. I think the UFC might be interested in, and I actually think, you know, it, it could be a benefit to a lot of these guys, even the likes of Richard Coyley and I, I, all the other
1: guys. You, they
0: get easier matchmaking. Like if James Gallagher had gone straight into the UFC. Yeah, I
1: think James is <laughs> different though. A lot of you know. those lads. That's that's the difference.
0: Yeah, but Keefe a lot of them are like Kiefer Crasby's had only four <laughs> fights, Richard Kiley's only three fights. A lot of these guys you know, there's some some guys are different. Uh, Terry Brazier's a good a lot of fights as well. I think he going going to a higher level. But a lot of these guys need bedding into their career, they need more improvement, they need more schooling you know, and when they get to 10-12 fights, then push them up, and I think Bellator will do that, the UFC won't do that, you know, we've seen it, they, they used to do that, but they won't. They just won't do that anymore, and I think maybe at this time of their career, you know, if you want to move on, I think it's is actually a better place to move to the UFC, like a lot of people, and I say this a lot, look at Conor McGregor and say what he did I want to go do what Conor McGregor did but then never look at the 14 fights or whatever it was Conor McGregor had before he got to the cage warriors title before he got to the ufc you know they never look at that they always say oh he got into the ufc he blew his way through the ufc got straight to the title and won it you know that's <laughs> i think they need to look at the, the earlier a bit first and you know and i think
1: like, i, I think know. it is it is good to for these odds as well because they're going to get a lot more money
0: yeah
1: then they would have been getting you know fighting on a, on a regional show just the name alone bellator it's sort of it's a little bit more bargaining power than a lot of their promotions around the world in terms of what your contract's going to be like, what the money's going to be like. You'd be looking probably most of these guys are on a rate of five, flat five and five, something like that. So good, yeah. Listen, good, good all round. But I just hope, as I said, the platform is put in place for these car- guys' careers to to grow, and it's on a, a very important, as we know, the TV, yeah, and um, and they get that whole experience of growing as a fighter. You know, dealing with the media. Everything. It's a good platform. It, 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 it's, a, it's a good idea, but they must have a TV deal. It, it's, it's fucking essential. I can't 100%. stress that enough.
0: And I think the two of us have, you know, yeah. Sh- yeah, shat on about it enough over the last while. So, yeah. All right. right. Let, yeah, 100 percent, percent. All right, let's move on. I suppose while we're on Irish MMA and Irish MMA fighters, let's talk about Conor McGregor. It's obviously been a big yeah. week for him. His felony charges were dismissed. or His felony counts, indeed, were or dismissed this week. He was given... Um, community service and anger management classes basically a slap on the wrist and he's able to proceed with, with his career. What, what were your thoughts on this? You obviously, you, you know, you were off the ball and all. What were the, the kind of the mainstream guys uh, thinking about this and what was the reaction you had to it?
1: I've been in touch with Ali quite a bit over the last few weeks, Habib's manager, and, and I think, um, you know, in terms of, of that fight, which we'll talk about in a second, it's nowhere near, I think, being done as maybe people think it is. Um, but the general thoughts, you know, everything which sort of happens totally expected us uh, slapping the wrists. And I think sort of everyone maybe felt that going in Connors offers too much to the United States and certain cities in the U S in terms of bringing um, you know a huge amount of financial gain to those cities. You know, have New York, obviously media city. It's, it's a big ground now for the UFC. You have Vegas, the home of the promotion. He's bringing millions in there when he fights there. And I think, you know, that was, was, was a lot of uh, part of the line. Um, in which this case was perceived, it was. Listen, it, it it was obviously disgraceful scenes which we saw, but I think it was always going to be the case. Sean, who he, he was surprised, was anyone surprised? No, I don't. I don't think anyone
0: was, and I, I yeah, I definitely wasn't surprised. <clears throat> you know, but like no. I, I saw a lot of people talking about it and said, you know, famous or not famous, you know, if you have money and you can get a lawyer to go in and do this for you, are going to get off in that situation. Well, you know,
1: what you want if you have money? Yeah, hundred
0: percent, hundred percent.
1: We live in a bloody. Fucking democracy, in my arse! Yeah. <laughs> it's a politics line, but yeah, you've a few quid in your pocket, you you get off of what you want, mate. Yeah,
0: so I suppose like looking forward, you know, we, we've talked about it and we'll talk about it, um, you know, more as the as the time passes. But Habib seems to be the only fight. Like I talked about, uh, you know, GSP and all. And I think that fight was the one who that made the most sense before the whole bus incident and all. But now there's just too much, you know, water passed under too many bridges for this fight not to happen. <sighs> When's it gonna happen? Uh, like. I I said last week, I think it'll be November. October's
1: too soon, I think. I agree. October's a a ridiculous time. Mm. I think, you know, you've two and a bit months. Why would you do this fight in two and a bit months? Give it five months. Grow it. Promote it. It it could be absolutely huge, this fight, if they promote it the right way. And I think the UFC have been guilty in the past numerous occasions of not promoting the fight the right way. Give this time as much breathing time as you can. It's a long, long way from being over the deal. I was on to Ali. But Ali basically said they haven't been offered enough money yet, as far as I'm aware. Uh, they want the fight to happen 100%. They want to teach Conor a lesson. They don't think he represents the Irish people well. They're going to sort of, I think, prolong this for another few, three or four weeks. Obviously, Conor is going to be a nightmare to try and get over the line as well. Mm-hmm terms of what he's going to want for the fight but listen mate you know they, they're planting the seeds already we, we've seen the two guys at the world cup final you know you don't tell me the ufc didn't fucking know that was going to happen they were all over today the, the world cup final social networks that is huge alone i think even for people in the u.s the way soccer has grown there to see both guys there and they go oh these are the two guys that uh, you know obviously mcgregor is well known but habib man is so big in russia and uh, and the other thing i said on on, on the air during the week I don't think people understand the massive Russian community that's in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, at that fight in Brooklyn, New York, um, I think I went outside at one point um, for a cigarette. Kids don't smoke. Um, <laughs> and I think it was maybe two, three blocks down the road where Habib fans queuing to get in. Yeah. It was insane. Uh, the guy can't walk down anywhere, obviously, in, in Russia um, without being mobbed. He's very much the up-and-coming Conor McGregor um In terms of uh, of his his popularity and the way he conducts himself, in my eyes, and I think this is a huge, huge fight for the UFC to make. But I I think they have to do it in November, December, give it four or five months to breathe. Definitely. Yeah,
0: like, I, it's I agree. it really is
1: stupid doing it in October, but you know if if Khabib or Conor want to get in there and make it happen, make it happen. Obviously, yeah. but I think the ideal day would be end of year cards. Yes. and we'll have Cyborg and. um Alan Nunes as
0: co. Yeah, this, this fight really needs to happen, you know, 100%. I, I agree with everything you said Darren. Well, apart from, I don't know if Habib, you know, if he beats McGregor, if he's going to become that big draw, I'm not really sure. I know there's a big Russian community and all that, and I think he'd be big with them, but I'm not sure he'd be big on a worldwide stage or anything like that. But that. That remains to be seen. But I think MMA needs McGregor to be back. You know, we need excitement. We need, you know, I was talking to PT about it during the week. This the whole McGregor case. You know, courted more excitement and excuse the pun than anything we've seen in months. Any of the fights or anything, you know. And it was for him ten seconds in court, and to, you know. Robbie from Barstool Sports outside having the crack, having the crack gone viral and all, you know, the, the, this this what McGregor brings just a bit of crack and a bit of fun. He doesn't even have to do anything like, and it just it just comes with him, and he just has that aura, you know. It's it's a weird thing, and it's undeniable now. You know, it's not just me because he's Irish or whatever. He's it's undeniable, you know. Ronda Rousey had a Brock Lesnar has it as well. A lot of different, not a lot of people, but a few different people have it, and he's really the only one we have left in MMA. And well, Brock maybe a little bit, but. And we, you know, we need Conor McGregor back. So hopefully he's come, he comes back uh, sooner or later, and, and we see him back in the cage against uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. Let, yeah. Let's
1: let's move uh, on. It's just what? one more. It's a fantastic fight as well. It is. You know, yeah. just to, just the talk of of how that one will play out. I think alone is getting me excited. Someone's and, uh,
0: getting destroyed. Someone, yeah. one of I them is so. getting destroyed. This is not a 50-50 fight. It's not. I agree. Someone's it's getting destroyed.
1: How it, how it plays out? Yeah. Fascinating. Looking
0: forward to. It. Right. Let's move on to UFC two two seven. Uh, which w- goes down in the Staples Center in Los Angeles California next Saturday night and there's two uh,
1: two best title fights of the year best
0: card of the year is that what you said
1: best rematch of the year mm. what fight.
0: oh yeah man Demetrius Johnson versus T- Henry Cejudo is it
1: get the fuck out of here now
0: <laughs> I, li- I like both these oh, fights to be definitely. honest uh, let- let's talk about Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo first uh, look like, I think it's a little bit early for Henry Cejudo but I do think he has improved an awful lot hey, what you say?
1: tenfold improvement yeah 100
0: percent. yeah very 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 good you know Dmitri Johnson to me is the greatest fighter of all time and anytime he steps in there and fights I'll be looking forward to seeing it but this one apart from maybe Kyoji Haraguchi, is the one fight in the world I want to see them well at 125 pounds that I want to see Demetrius Johnson have obviously I want to see him fight TJ and, and maybe Cody as well in in the past but at his weight class I think this one is a huge one the best fight in the UFC at the moment to make do you think they're I think Henry will do better in this fight, but do you think he can beat Demetrius, or do you think, how much of a chance would you give him?
1: Uh, it, it's hard to really gauge. I you know his last two performances have been absolutely phenomenal. We've seen the power he's had in there with his stand-up. has looked way sharper. Just uh, I just think it's too soon, as you said there. Like You look at Demetrius Johnson, what he's done in the last number of fights, and that's why I find this fight a little bit stale, because I think he's so far ahead of everyone else in the division. He's beaten everyone. He's beaten Henry before... But well, you look at like the you know the Ray Borg fight. Ray pushed him obviously a little bit in that fight. Uh, Tim Elliott somewhat two fights prior to that dismissed of Wilson Heisen in a pretty uh, incredible fashion as well. It's just you know where is the only area that, that Henry's going to beat him? Probably with a shot. And that's not even really Henry's major strength. His strength is his wrestling. Mm-hmm. If he catches him, yeah. But you know, DJ is just too. Too, too good for this division, and I'm, I'm getting a little bit bored of the division because he's he's just won everyone. He's beaten everyone. There's no need for this fight to happen again so soon. Yeah, I uh, moved up to 135.
0: I don't. I think he's way, I way think- too small. I think he's more of a 115 pounder than a 125 pounder. To be honest, I think he's he's tiny for him. We saw what happened with with Dominic Cruz. It was just it, it was a bit, little bit like Joan and Torres last night. Is Torres. Is he, is
1: he playing it safe though? Then
0: what do what you mean playing it safe? Like why would he why would he move up to a division that that he's way too small?
1: But he's he's beaten everyone in in the flyweight division. There's just not an awful lot more for him to do, and I think it's just it's maybe a little bit frustrating. I think you uh, I think he would move up though, but they just won't pay him. Like why why
0: would you move up for a super true. fight if they're not paying him the right amount of money? I, I like he, he's achieving greatness what he's doing, and people as well. You know, tinri sahudo he's a great fighter. You know, he destroyed him. Joseph Benavidez is a great fighter. He destroyed him. You not know, Haraguchi. We he last night he went out and win one as well. I know he's not fighting the best guys in the world, but he is a great fighter. So I went down, absolutely destroyed him. You know, yeah. Demetrius <laughs> Johnson makes good fighters look like bad fighters, and then people think they're bad fighters. That's the biggest problem. That's Demetrius Johnson's biggest problem. He's too good.
1: I agree. I 100 mm-hmm. percent agree. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, that's why I'd like to see him move up. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's that's the reason because it's just gone a little bit stale for me, and I think it's it is too soon for Henry. I know we saw, as I said, those knockouts, um, but that was you know th- that was coming off the Benavidez fight into the Wilson Highs fight, and then he obviously got the win over Pettis. But there's so much more I think in his tank in the next two years instead of going after this fight now, because if he, yeah. you know if he takes this fight and loses again, which is 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 very probable, um, more than likely. You know what's DJ going to do after? What's Henry Cejudo going to do? He's not going to be getting a title shot anytime soon. Yeah. If DJ's Let, around.
0: I, I think it's what it's tough. tough. Yeah, I think what would have made more sense here to have the TJ and Demetrius super fight, have Cody fight someone, have Henry fight someone, and then have you know the, the these two fights later on in the year and early next year. But you know th- that's not going to happen now. But uh, look, I'm I'm looking forward to even seeing what Henry can do. What what about the TJ and Cody fight? Do you... Uh, I was obviously a banger the last time cody kind of had him hurt in the first round and tj come on and knocked him out badly in the second fight how do you see it going this time
1: i look at the fight and i obviously that first round i think was was key um you know cody looked so good in that first round tj turned it around the second got the finish i think we're going to see a different cody garbrandt here again i think we're going to see the one that was more like the fight we saw against dominic cruz I think Cody's knee or his, was his back, sorry? I think uh, his back, his back yeah. Back was a big issue going into that last fight as well. Hopefully both guys that are 100% fitness um coming into this one and I think we could really be in for fight of the year here. Um so good technically both fellas. I just I just fancy Cody. I don't think we'll see the same mistakes as we saw in that second round. Mm. That yeah. we saw Garbrandt happen again. I know TJ's brilliant. Uh, I'm not writing off either guy. I think it's an incredibly hard fight to call. But basing what we saw, I think, in that first round, when when Dillashaw was in a little bit of trouble, Cody looked so good. If he can carry that consistency over and not make the same mistake he made in the second, I think, I. I do think it's Cody's fight, and I think he's going to get that title back.
0: Mm-hmm. I think this is an extremely complicated fight that I think has <laughs> will boil down to something very simple. And I, I might, maybe I'll do a video on on everything later later on in the week.
1: I agree because so, they're both so technically good that uh, it's just the minutest little thing but, that happens. I think that we saw in the second round that's going to catch one of these. And guys.
0: I, I think that's exactly. It. I think that minuting thing is durability. I think Cody Garbrandt hits harder than TJ Dillashaw, but I think TJ Dillashaw can take a harder shot than Cody Garbrandt can. You know, I think. TJ has a uh, now Cody could knock him out as well, but I think TJ has a better chance of knocking Cody out because I think Cody's chin isn't as good as TJ's chin. Isn't the best chin? In the world. you know we saw him getting knocked out badly in that fight. He's been knocked out in amateur boxing as well and before. You know a lot of people say that about him and things like that, but we saw it against TJ Dillashaw. Like if Cody brings this onslaught and maybe knocks TJ down, has him or TJ comes back, you know will Cody maybe lose a little bit of that luster will his confidence go down a little bit like when Cody's a little bit like Dustin Poirier as well as I mentioned earlier confidence fighter when he's confident we saw you mentioned there against Dominic Cruz unbelievable in that fight just so confident but when he loses his confidence gets taken away from him is he beatable then? He might be, and you know, TJ Dilschart has beaten him. Will he go in there and be less confident? Will you know? Will will we see a Cody Gar a different Cody Garbrandt, as you said? But will we see a worse Cody Garbrandt? Will we see a one that doesn't go out there and doesn't flow and doesn't throw his shots as well? That's a big thing coming in here. You know, we saw it with Francis Ngannou that that one last look, what it did to him. Could Cody Garbrandt be the same? No, I don't think he he'll be as bad as that and do that. But that that's a mental block that Cody Garbrandt has to prove he can get over. So I that, think that's huge coming in here.
1: I do think it's huge, and I think. Um the other thing that's that's maybe a good thing for Cody coming in is there hasn't been as much shit talk from him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's getting on with the job, not maybe worrying about um, you know, having to defend the title as well. I think that's often the case as well. There was a lot of pressure on Cody, you know, going into that fight. He's the whole team alpha mid. oh yeah, you know, you you ha- you have to win this fight against it's against TJ. We saw what happened in the corner after the fight when TJ uh, I think said something to to Uriah Faber and the guys there. I think it's going to be different because the build-up's been a lot, a lot more subdued than it has been. And I think that's tactical on Cody's part as well. I think maybe the team alpha male felt that he got a little bit too hyped up. You know, you we saw how animated he got all fight week mm-hmm. going into that fight. And I think maybe just put a little bit of a cooler head in him. And I think that could have been something which affected him in the last fight. Maybe, you know, that went out the window a little bit. He was just, you know, sometimes if, uh, you know, you're too angry, the adrenaline's too much. You just lose your fucking head and, and it goes. And I think that's possibly what happened to Cody in that second round. That's a very, I think, important piece to look out for this week in the build-up to this fight. A, a more subdue Cody Garbrandt. But listen... What a fight on paper. Fight. Um, incredible fight on paper. Great fight.
0: Yeah, coming into the last one, I said it could be the fight of the year and i say the same for this one. could be <laughs> great against Oflis. The rest of this card, not amazing. We've got Swanson against Anato Micano, which it could be a, a good fight. Uh, Brett, 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 Brett John's Brett, coming back Brett, here, Brett. yeah. Could, could be good as well. Uh, Shorty Torres, a huge prospect, is on the, the undercard and Ricardo Hamos as well against uh, Kang, who's a, a good guy as well. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. Not a great card, but look, these things happen in MMA. Uh, before we move on to the questions, Nick Newell this week fought in Dana White's uh, Tuesday night contender series. Uh, lost, uh, lost his outing there, and probably you know his chance at ever being in uh, in the UFC. What what are your thoughts on Nick Newell in this performance?
1: Yeah, I think that was the the big big chance. Um, I think we saw a week Dana White sort of did a U turn as he always does on everything, and and really sort of, um, started promoting Nick Newell. But yeah, just. Didn't really look up to the level against the guy who hadn't fought since I think 2016, mm-hmm. and I think you know sadly for Nick, I think that was the final chance to get in the UFC, and, and 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 unfortunately, listen, really good battle, good fight, um, but he did get dominated, and it was quite a convincing win for um his opponent. I think it was uh, what was the guy's name Moreno maybe as uh, well. Yeah,
0: a team alpha male guy, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he looked good. You know, good wrestler, yeah, good, very very know, good so,
1: all performance. But yeah, I think that's you can you can draw a line in, on Nick Neal's UFC career.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with Nick Newell is, you know, he was never going to be a a champion. You know, he was never going yeah. to be a top five, top ten fighter. But he, Nick Newell's is a good like top 40, 50 fighter in the in the UFC lightweight division. I think he could have been that. And there's lots of those guys around. You know, we we see loads of them. And I I think he could have gone into the UFC and you know been there. You know, so his opponent on Tuesday could, could do the same. And you know, just because Nick Newell has one arm, you know, <laughs> I I don't think people should take away everything from him he's still a good fight he has his deficiencies 100 percent, he's not the best fighter in the world 100 percent, but you know apart from like 10 guys and girls in the world nobody is you know
1: yeah definitely it's um you know a guy who could who could hang around there for a while um as you said in the um you know the the upper half of of the division but yeah i just think you know maybe from the ufc's point of view it was something that dana wasn't open to in the past and i think you know he, he turned as i said during the week there um but yeah, I just, uh, you know, it's it's just unfortunate set of circumstances really that it didn't happen earlier in his career, and I think that was was the opportunity. Like this is a guy you only lost to um, to just, just to get 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 him. in, so like that speaks volumes. Really good fighter, but um, yeah, I just think you know it, the chance probably was a number of years ago, but Dana White wasn't willing to 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 to, um, to bring Nick over. Yeah, I'm but understand. just unfortunate, very unfortunate
0: all right let's move on to uh the questions here um patreon.com forward slash severe mma podcast sign up thanks everyone actually who signed up this week for a, a, a good few more and a few guys uh open their things as well what's So hurt
1: me on the severe mma podcast the money the real money house
0: that's a that's a fact that is a fact well they came when kind of
1: pt was on as well but we, we don't about that but uh, <laughs> that got slammed pt did you not notice that yeah they
0: did you yeah. i was surprised with that actually pt usually gets all positive that
1: was- they know they know who the who the king is
0: did a good, you did a good job, in fairness. Now. I won't take it away from you, in fairness. Now. Uh, first question here, Brian Harrington. Do you think Poirier versus Ferguson on the Conor-Khabib card is a good idea? You Brilliant. like that, don't you?
1: Brilliant. It's a really good idea because you have an opportunity for either guy to get on the microphone afterwards and maybe cause a bit of a stir because the eyes of the world are going to be on that fight if it does happen. And, you know, even a, you know yourself, Sean, if a guy's on a Conor McGregor card, they'll remember. Um, the guy's maybe on the main card, and I think it's a really, really good... Um, promotional platform especially if Poirier was to get a win there yeah him you know he's obviously fought Connor before and um, there's that narrative there um I thought he was terrible on the mic last night as well if I'm if I'm not if I'm a brutally honest uh, mm-hmm. Khabib where are you at like come on Dustin for fuck's sake do something more than that like you're not yeah. getting the fight against Khabib next mm-hmm. Um, I think Ferguson. I know you don't like him on the mic. I think he's great in the mic. Could could, could put a few butts in seats if he wins. Talk a bit of shit about McNuggets, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, I I like him. I like I do like him.
0: But I like him in like a cringy kind of terrible way, you know. I like I that sort of. Stuff. Everyone
1: likes him. Like, listen, that's, I think that's the way he sells himself. He does it on purpose. Snap jitsu, tae. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't think he does it on purpose. I just think he's he unintentionally funny. Oh, I I'm, think he's the stupidest, weirdest guy in the UFC, and I I'll love it. I
1: will tell you what, he's 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 far from a stupid guy. I I swear to God now, one of my favorite people to interview is Tony Ferguson. I think he's the way he thinks, his mindset, the way he trains. Uh, phenomenal oh well there is that well i i, I don't he's mean he's a true rocky guy in, in fairness to him
0: yeah he's a he's just a stupid was the wrong word i think weird is the word you know he's a weirdo. weird yeah,
1: he's i'd a accept weirdo. weird definitely but yeah. not definitely not stupid a very intelligent uh a very intelligent guy definitely intelligent think, fighter anyway. it's not i'd love to see i'd love to see that either of those fights happen uh, down you know the line again i think connor's it's it's been a bit sad really that We've only seen him fight once in the, the UFC lightweight division because mm. there's so many fucking good fights you could make.
0: 100%. And uh, as well, everyone, if you listen to this, keep your questions in in. We, we kind of recorded this uh, earlier than usual, so keep your questions in. I'll do a Q&A over on Patreon probably Monday evening, so keep them keep coming in. All right, second one here from Di- Jack Durges. Uh You have to keep one of the following for every fight night card or you never get to watch MMA again. Eddie Alvarez's wife, uh, <laughs> back <laughs> in one of the main event fighters, or the woo from the crowd, which you keep?
1: Uh, get rid of the woo Jesus Christ yeah. man I, I, it's yeah. just terrible uh you have to listen Eddie's wife has been with him since I think they're since they 15 years of age Jamie Alvarez and so I've been I've been actually at fights when she when she's there and she's she's loud it's just passion you can't there's nothing wrong with that fair play to the girl um Listen, the wooing just does my head in. It. Jesus Christ, in Brooklyn, there I nearly wanted to just get my computer and throw out someone's head. Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: Jack, there, just so, also asked, what's next for Josie Aldo? He mentions 155 as well. Yeah, we, we spoke a right. lot about that. Yeah, I think 155 makes a lot of sense. But, uh, yeah, I've just a feeling it's going what's to be Jose, huh?
1: Eddie Alvarez, Jose. I'm all up for that. Let's make that happen.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, why not? Why not? Or even Paria, Jose. Let's make that happen. <laughs> Mm. Uh, Sean Dini, should we be worried uh, trusting Bellator with the development of our talent? It's one thing established talent moving over, but this new European push is bringing in fighters who usually wouldn't be ready for the big show. Yeah, we, we kind of touched on that. Yeah. It, it depends what they do with them. You know, it, will they give him good schooling? Like, will they want this? You know, when when Jim Zeller signed, I said that I think Bellator is a good place. I think they'll give him three or four fights to to school him, and he needs those. You know, he's not ready for top ten. And loads of people got mad at me, but that's what's happened. You know, and I, I think if the same thing happened for Kiefer Crosby and Richard Coyley, and I know Richard I Coyley's know. calling out fucking, you know, Ronnie McDonald and all, and that, you know, that's not going to happen. But,
1: like, I, I think if that happens, it's good. But will that happen? I, I think it will. I think, yeah, it's it, they have a mix of fighters there as mm-hmm. well, we have to consider. They have more established names. They have up-and-coming, up-and-coming names. And it's about how they handle the up-and-coming names. You know, I'm not worried about who they put Reds or in there with them, Bellator yeah, or, or, yeah. or you would be more worried about... As you said, the Kiefer Crosby's, um, you know, the Richard Coddy. You know, Richard's a guy around my age, but he's obviously, you know, inexperienced in his mixed martial arts career. It's how they develop these guys. Uh, you know, Richard has that great shit talk. He's, he's, he, he, uh, you know, if you go onto his, his Instagram or anything, he's just t- constantly slagging people. I think it's great. Yeah, he's
0: brilliant,
1: yeah. Um, really good way to sell himself. Great guy as well. And um, it's about how they develop those guys, and it's about not... As you said, you know, thrown to the wolves, especially mm-hmm. the likes of Kiefer Crosby, because there's a lot of work there still to do with Kiefer. Great stand-up, but definitely other areas to improve on. I
0: think and he I, will improve. So he's showing improvements as
1: well, but, you know, more needs to come. Yeah. 100%. More needs to come, definitely. 100%. He took way too much damage in his last fight. Um, and, you know, James Gallagher, as we said, slow burn. I've no problem with that. The kid's only, what, 23 years of age? Yeah. Listen, he, people need to understand that they need to build up these guys and, and just the UFC. I think have maybe we talk about that all day. We talked about it last week. They've done a bad job recently in, in certain matchmaking, these Bellator have, have been more sensible, but I just don't, <laughs> I hope they don't go down the line of the MVPs. And I know MVP is getting a good test next yeah. with about time, but Hopefully. we, we we don't want to see that happen with Gallagher and it hasn't in fairness. Yeah,
0: we so, want we don't see a bit of it but not too much of it. Suretez, uh over on Facebook. How far can Alex Hernandez go? I, I think he can he can go pretty far. You know, in his last fight he showed that he's good stand up, good good power in his hands. Last night he showed he's good wrestling, good takedowns and all that. So very, I think, you know, he's a very well rounded kind of guy. I think he can go go pretty far. I think
1: he can go right to the top of the division. Mm-hmm. I generally do, because you look at his age as well. I think he's 24, 25. We saw the Benil Darius fight where he sparked Benil. So I think it was 30 seconds, whatever it was. This is a guy who showed last night against a very, very tricky guy in Oban, uh, Mercier, the the Canadian gangster. Mm -hmm. But this guy, man, you know, Oban is just tough. He's Francisco Trinaldo-esque Canadian. He's just so awkward to fight. Mm -hmm. and messy and and he, and he, he dealt with him well. And he showed his durability everywhere. And I think that's something that would very impress me last night for a guy so young to be able to be so adept and adverse uh to overcome some tricky situations last night it'll only stand to him in the future definitely a guy to watch out for in, in the coming couple of years definitely for me
0: yeah 100 all right a few here from uh from twitter and i'll obviously answer the rest of them as i mentioned over and over in the q and a we're kind of stuck for time here but uh mr podge uh where is it president? are we stuck
1: for time sean because uh, watch-
0: i want to go and watch the match yeah uh <laughs> Mr. Fudge, how bad would you feel now as an Irish prospect not getting picked up by Bellator? Has any Irish prospect not been picked up by Bellator? <laughs> they seem to all have. Well,
1: Reese, I think, and I think well, yeah. Reese sort of said that, that you know, he wasn't really looking at going to Bellator. And you can understand that totally. Mm-hmm. I can totally understand that. Um, I have no problem at all with that because, you know, it is. Like, even with the lads signing here, we're still sort of unsure what's going to happen with them. With what's been said, with the you know, is it a de- developmental territory? Who who knows? We don't know.
0: Yeah, a few people are asking about oh, next P- few weeks. a few people are asking about Peter Creeley as well. There, uh, Andy Stevenson, and let me see the other one. Where is it? Uh, Frogmore, Willie, Wally Frogmore. You know, it's, Peter Queeley's in a contract with FNG, and they're kind of you know in a bit of a bad time at the moment now so let's see with that i think over the next couple of weeks we'll probably find out more about that there's nothing you know official or anything on, on that yet but like if they have another fight card i presume he'll be on that fight card you know if, i'm not sure if bellator tried to get him or not but you know let's mm. let's see what peter Creel. i definitely think he'd be a guy if bellator could pick him up i think they, they would pick him up because, but actually,
1: i think there's a question to be asked here are lads who signed in for bellator potentially giving away an opportunity for them to fight in the in the ufc in the future I don't no. think so. No,
0: I, I think if they're good enough, I think if they go and win three or four fights, go and win all their Bellator fights, I think the UFC will try to pick them up when they're out of contract.
1: Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah, Richie Smullen obviously went over as well. Obviously fought in the UFC a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He's gone over to Bellator as well. Um, yeah. Listen, I you know even with Reese, I think it wouldn't you know uh, why 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 wouldn't he sign with them? But I think his eyes are on a different path, and I can totally understand that as well. Because listen, there is money to be picked up out. Side of the UFC in certain promotions. Mm -hmm. Definitely is.
0: Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: So uh, I suppose we have a big few weeks and a few months coming up for the
0: world of MMA and Irish MMA and everything, and uh, I'm glad everyone is along. Uh, for the ride Niall thanks very much for, for joining me on the podcast this week I really appreciate it hopefully fucking Graham will be back by next week but you'd never know when he might be on again next week so tell, yeah. tell everyone where they can follow you see all your work and all that good stuff you,
1: you can find me obviously on, 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 on myself and PT' show talking brawls um, I'm i an off the ball as well uh, doing a little bit more MMA stuff in the last few weeks and um, you catch me on Twitter at Nile McGrath for, and all you country folk be good in my city this afternoon well, another show yeah it'll tomorrow but it'll probably be wrecked by, by this one
0: I'll be there I'll be there in two weeks to watch the Ireland final come on Limerick we're going to do it we're going to in the words of Gerlach Nan we're going to do it let's Jerlock do it, it. alright everybody thanks for listening all, all that's left to do is the inspirational quarter of the week and here it is
1: uh, here we go more spook taking crap
0: <laughs> talent hits a target no one else can hit genius hits a target no one else can see Niall McGraw we'll see you next Tuesday or Monday or Sunday or sometime